0: Fantastic. So. Hello, this is my first ever live webinar and I thought I would share it because it's January and I know for particularly like the new resetters or just for anyone who's been here a little while, you know that my ethos has probably changed over the last kind of six years of coaching and I'm all about now really finding this pattern of movement, nourishment and training that you enjoy, that kind of optimizes you, that makes you feel like you are living in a body with students superpowers. And you can see the lovely picture of me here uh, taken by my good friend Sam. And I would say I have definitely been on a journey to find a pattern of movement, nourishment and training that does make me feel like I have superpowers. I think this is why I can help and coach you guys because I haven't always looked after my body very well. I have had periods of overeating, undereating, overtraining, undertraining, not quite getting the balance right, not quite making sure that the way I'm treating myself is future-proofing myself. Um, I have had points in time where I think my period stopped because I was definitely undernourishing my body and overtraining it. Don't think I was always very good at getting the balance right. So if you at the moment feel like something isn't quite in sync for you, or you don't quite have that balance, right? This might be a really nice workshop for you to take yourself through. Do grab a pen and paper, because again, there's gonna be journal prompts because you guys know how much I love a journal prompt. Um, Let's see if I'm actually gonna be able to move on the presentation. That would be another exciting thing. I have done it, amazing. Um, And the first thing I want you to do if you do have a pen and paper handy, is to have a little bit of a think about your history up until this point, because your diet history really does matter. And actually taking a moment to reflect and to review all of the the things that you have done, all of the um, approaches you have taken to try and find your happy. They will be influencing your relationship with food and your body. So it's quite good just sometimes to note down in the past what you've been up to. And for most of the people I've worked with, there has been like a multitude of different um, diet attempts. And it may be that you have done like low fat. It may be that you have done low carb, kind of very high protein. It might be that you've been on fasting diets. And ultimately, your quest has always been the same, which is to finally find a body that feels comfortable, that feels right, that feels enjoyable to look after. But the unfortunate thing is when you've had a chronic dieting history, it's likely that you've brought along some beliefs and then you can end up with this like tapestry of strange beliefs about what it's going to take for you to live in a body that does feel better, that feels healthier, that feels leaner, that feels stronger, because you might have like a little bit of a belief around low fat foods, you might also have a belief around the fact that maybe carbs are the devil. And they're the thing that absolutely 100% is standing in the way of you um, moving into this more sort of health seeking, um, healthy feeling body that you so desire. So it's really important to kind of write down what your beliefs are at the beginning of this journey. I often talk about it being like suitcases and you kind of have to unpack the luggage that you're bringing to this journey to start to understand whether the beliefs you hold are true. Is it true that eating carbohydrates is incompatible with you living in a healthy body? Because actually on some level, even if you know on a rational level that that's probably not true, it might be that you need to do some unpicking. And quite often, if we do hold beliefs or we've been on like very restrictive or fatty diets that have worked in the sense that they did move us into um, weighing less against gravity for a short, restricted period of time that we feel like the lengths we would have to go to, to move back into that kind of leaner, healthier body composition are so great that we keep putting it off. So our belief is that we're gonna have to do something very intense to get the result that we want. And actually that belief in itself can also keep you stuck. And you have to start to think about it. If you have had success on very restrictive, quite miserable diets before, it wasn't really success. So start getting quite curious about that because it wasn't really successful because actually you are still on this pursuit of trying to find your happy balance. And it's likely that the diet you chose didn't really align with the type of life you want to lead, didn't align with what's important to you at the moment. Maybe you have a value around kind of connection, relaxed social eating, family eating, not um, demonstrating fatty behaviors in front of your kids because you don't want them to um, have a disordered relationship with food, in which case you embarking on a diet that kind of really does encourage you to have a black or white thinking around food or sort of limiting or restricting foods it's not really going to line up with the type of life you want to lead the type of role model you want to be therefore it's always going to fail um so again the first thing if you are new to this process or if you just need to revisit it is for you to really have a think about your history with dieting and All or nothing thinking is something I think is hugely um, common. I think most of the people that start working with me do come with this all or nothing mentality. And I really like to get you to acknowledge if that exists within yourself. Are you somebody who is all in or not in at all? And then my job as your coach is to help you realize that that all or nothing mentality is also keeping you stuck. You do not need to be perfect. Perfect people, they run out of steam. Um, They love um, rules. They love being told what to do. But the problem is they never really inhabit this new identity of a health-seeking person because they've just kind of very rigidly adopted this set of rules. That Again, they don't really sit well with them. You haven't started to acclimatize to being that type of person. Probably you don't even really want to be that type of person. Therefore, it's always short-lived. And then you go back into previous habits and you never find this gray ground. And the gray ground is the ground that I want you to start inhabiting because that is where you're going to start to find your happiness is where you're going to find that you can live a full, vibrant, multicolored life that involves social eating, holidays, birthdays, special occasions, occasions where you don't eat in line with your body composition goal, and still move towards a body that feels better to live in. And that's my job as your coach to get you believing that. And I really do think that for the majority of people, we have got fat loss the wrong way around. And we kind of don't even have any solid foundation prior to embarking on this journey of trying to, you know, find uh, a healthier body to live in. We just kind of we don't even have this stable pattern of movement, nourishment and training that we really enjoy because to add on a calorie deficit when you don't have any of those pillars in place in your life it's just gonna fall over and it's gonna crumble. So I really like to reverse people's thinking. I really like to get you to think about creating this lifestyle, actually embodying the identity of this person that you want to be. So this person who does prioritize protein and vegetables at all meals, being this person who does look for opportunities to move every single day, who does plan to move and train their body um, two or three times a week. I want you to be that person. Before you even need to actually look to consciously being in a calorie deficit, because I don't think leaping into a diet when you have no firm foundation of looking after yourself better is going to be very lasting or successful. So I really want you to start to think about your dream body. So if I was, you know, if you were in the workshop at this point in time, I'd get you to close your eyes. If you've got your notepad, you can obviously jot things down. But I want you to think about this dream body because... Again, I think we always leap into feeling like we should have a fat loss goal, that we should want to change how we are physically looking and that being the only valid goal that we should have as women. And I think that's the societal pressure. It's kind of the message that we are fed um, through our peers, um, from our family members, through the television, through Instagram. But actually I want you to have a think about this kind of arbitrary dream body that you've probably latched onto. And I want you to think about how it would differ from the body you're living in now. And then I want you to think about the habits and behaviors that a person who was living in that body would have. And, you know, think about how much would they move? Are they in a sedentary job or are they kind of, uh, is their job just to look like that and the whole of their world is around trying to maintain this body composition? You know, how, how are they nourishing their bodies? And just kind of have a little bit of a think about it, because I often like to say to people, if I were to give you your dream body now, would you know how to look after it? And if you don't have an established pattern of movement, training and nourishment, you're not going to be looking after that body brilliantly. Um, And actually, it's going to very quickly shift back into the body composition that you're currently living in because you actually haven't changed your fundamental way of being So this is why I think we've got it all topsy turvy. It's very similar to if you were given a very successful, thriving business, but you hadn't done the work to understand how to operate that business, how to keep it running, it would very quickly run itself into the ground. So we kind of have to do the work, we have to do the groundwork first. Oh, and here's a lovely photo, hopefully you guys can see. And um, this is where we talk about your values. And I don't... I again, I think what we like to do is just jump into dieting. Like it's going to start Monday, it's going to be really super restrictive. There's loads of rules, everyone loves a rule. Um, And we don't think about what's important to us. And I want you to think about what's important to you at this moment in time. This is going to shift because throughout your life, your identity is going to shift, your values are going to change, the things that are important to you are going to change. But right now, in this moment, if you had to say the three things that matter most to you in the world, what are they? Is it work? Is it kind of finding meaningful work? Is it creating an impact? Is it um, friends? Is it connection? Is it family? Is it health? Is it just the way you look? Like what is it? And it's not that these things are set in stone. And of course they can change and shift, but I don't think we really, try and line up our goals with what's most important to us in life and if you don't do that you are going to find that you keep burning out that you kind of set yourself this kind of quite arbitrary probably scale weight goal but actually you've never taken the time to think about how achieving that goal would impact on the things that are most important to you in life so say it is fat loss and you really do think hand on heart that that is your goal if the most important things to you in life at the moment are family, how would living in a healthier body that is better nourished, that has more energy, um, that feels stronger and fitter, how's that going to impact on your value around being a really present um, parent. So you have to start making these connections. Otherwise everything stays on the surface and it's really hard for you to stay focused on the task and moving and nudging in the direction of travel that you want to take your um, health and fitness. So take some time. I want you to write down three things, the three things that are most important to you. I then want you to start making connections. How How would these really important things in my life be positively impacted if I was nourishing myself better, if I was training regularly and um, if I was moving more. So just start to have a think about it. Or if my mindset was better, if I had a healthier relationship with food, how would this impact on my, I've used the example of family, so family. So if you were somebody, and I would say, for lots of people I'm working with, and um, there's a lot of emotional eating and a lot of um unpacking that has to go around the reasons that you you might be kind of eating out of line with your goal. If you therefore have a family, it might be that you need to do some work around your emotional eating because you want to be a great role model. You don't want to be passing on that <laughs> fantastic issue of being an emotional eater or you know being a um kind of serial emotional eater we all emotionally eat and hopefully you guys are going to the member space and starting to work through those journaling tasks because eating for emotional reasons is completely normal but it's when it's your only way of emotionally regulating that it's really going to start to get tricky for you so again i want you to take the time if you're watching this back or on the podcast you can obviously pause but start to have a think about this it's super super important. And then I want us to have a reflection back. So you had to think about what your dream body would look like. Uh, And I want you to think about how much fun would it be? I mean, it might be super fun to live in that body, but are you going to enjoy looking after it? When you imagined the habits, behaviors, the type of nourishment, the training pattern, the movement that that person did who was living in your dream body, Does that align with your values? Does it align with the type of life that you have to lead? If you are in a sedentary office job that is full time and you've got three kids at home and, you know, a very hectic social life, it might be that you, you know, having this goal of living in like a bikini athlete body isn't really ever going to kind of sit very well with what's important to you in life and actually without it taking over your whole entire life it's not going to be possible and I so frequently think we're striving to live in these bodies that we wouldn't actually enjoy living in because maybe we'd have to have quite restrictive patterns around our eating maybe it would impact on our relationship with food because we'd have to become very mindful of every single morsel passing our lips and actually when we think about our fad dieting history, the fact that we don't have a very healthy relationship with food, the last thing we need to be doing is starting to track food or calorie count. So again, just start to have a think about it. And what I so frequently find with people is that we need to kind of bring into alignment your lifestyle and your dream body and just get them on a more even kilter because I think sometimes we're striving for something that isn't going to sit very well in our life so it's unattainable it kind of keeps us stuck it can keep us in this diet yo-yo and I do honestly hand on heart believe now after six years of working with women that it would be so much better if we could Find a pattern of movement, nourishment and training that you love, that you enjoy, that feels like it gives you superpowers, that feels like it gives you autonomy in your body. And we find out how that works out in your body composition. And I'm not anti diet. I'm not anti going into kind of periods of time where you might want to pursue fat loss. But I don't think that somebody who doesn't have a good relationship with um, food or has a poor body image, I don't feel that pursuing fat loss as your primary goal is ever going to lead you to a happy place. And I think it's much better for us to reverse the process and actually to find this pattern of being that you're enjoying embedding that feels like it's compatible, that can run alongside your real life, that actually positively impacts every aspect of your life prior to us kind of zooming in and focusing in on fat loss in isolation it always has to be as part of you looking after yourself better and loving yourself better because the magic thing is your body composition will start to work itself out so alongside you finding this pattern of being that's going to make you feel incredible magic things do just happen in the background but it doesn't need to be where your focus is so if you are someone who has chronically dieted who's only ever had sort of shrinkage as their goal shifting that goal into nourishing yourself better being more consistent with your training and moving yourself more the other stuff does just happen quite quietly in the background but when it's happening it's being reinforced by the idea that it's loving patterns of behavior and habits that is creating this change. It's not linked with a punitive diet or restrictive diet or a diet that takes you away from kind of family eating or social occasions. It actually gives you confidence and belief that you can have a body that feels incredible and live an ordinary life. And that is super empowering. So you just have to trust the process. You have to Believe that if you just keep ticking off the actions of movement, training and better nourishment, that you will find this happy balance. But it is a process. It's not linear. It's 100 percent a journey. And that's why it's so helpful to be in a group or a community to help you go through this. So these would be my these these would be my tips if you're going into kind of 2023. I want you to for a while just trust me on this, forget about fat loss and tracking scale weight as being your kind of your primary goal. I love people to just think about never weighing themselves again. If you were to never weigh yourself again, how would you know that you were living in this body that felt better? Like none of the the women that I work with um, do I ask for a scale weight from. Um, We don't track scale weight. I don't ask for updates on what's happening with the scales. Uh, and that is because I do believe that 99.9% of women do not have a healthy relationship with the scales and it can actually be really derailing, but I never find it. I, I, my clients never find it difficult to tell me whether they're feeling better in their bodies. And that is just so much more powerful to rather than look for this external marker of change to look kind of more internally to actually step into your body. Actually, I feel stronger. I can kind of carry the shopping in. I can get up the stairs without um, getting out of breath. You know, I can feel that my clothes feel more comfortable on my body. I'm wearing clothes I never would have worn before. This is meaningful change. So I really do like you to forget about that type of um, tracking. I want us to really start to get very curious about creating this way of living that you love. So just find this pattern of being that makes you feel incredible. And like, let's get like almost not obsessed, but let's get focused on that. Let's get focused on how it's feeling in your body to train. How is it feeling when you're nourishing your body better, when you're looking for um, adding things to make meals more nutritious? How is this making you feel? Because when you start embarking on this journey, and I do really, if you've not done the deep love workshop yet, do do it. Um, But this idea that kind of love is the gateway for this change. The reason you're embarking on this change isn't punitive. It's not because you're wanting to punish yourself. You're not kind of working out to burn off what you ate. Instead, you're embarking on this journey because you want to love yourself even more deeply than you do already. You want to future-proof yourself. You want to make sure that you're looking after the you of now and the you of tomorrow and really making that your primary focus because actually using love as a fuel is going to be so much more powerful. And it can be super tricky um, to find this deep self-love and to feel like you do love yourself. Um, And I would say, start by practicing body neutrality. So really focusing on what your body has done for you in the past, thinking about what it can do actually right now in this moment and what you want it to do. So that might be a performance-based goal. Maybe you want to progress your press up. Maybe you want your um, 5K to get a bit quicker. Maybe you have a goal about, you know, getting up the stairs without feeling like you're out of breath, whatever it is, focusing on what your body can do right now, what it's already done for you like the amazing feats that it's it's um been able to successfully complete for you maybe you have done some kind of physical challenge previously maybe you've had a baby maybe you've done many other things that your body's enabled you to be able to do and starting to place your focus there I really like the people that I work with as well to almost write like a timeline, like since you were born to now, what incredible things has your body had to go through? And it sometimes is rubbish stuff, like it's been ill and it's had to get better, but it starts to give you a whole new focus. So rather than picking your body apart and staring in the mirror and looking at your stomach or, you know, feeling uncomfortable around your middle and really kind of like focusing in on the bits of your body that you don't like. Instead, I encourage you to kind of zoom out to look at your body as a whole connected whole, like your body parts do not exist in isolation. They are all connected and they enable you to go about your everyday business and hopefully impact massive, masses of meaningful change in the world and kind of create some beautiful magic, whatever that is, because you are going out there feeling like you do have these superpowers because you are energized, you are looking after yourself, you are nourishing, you are moving, you are training. And this shift in focus is huge. It's not easy. Um, It's actually much easier just to kind of stay like with your little um, microscope on the bits of your body you don't like. But if you notice yourself doing body checking, zoom out, try and see the whole, try and see yourself as a whole connected unit. And ultimately, and this again, probably people don't explore enough, but the body composition you live in is going to reflect the type of life that you are leading. So you need to find this lifestyle that lights you up, one that gets you strong and makes you feel incredible and nourished. And this is going to dictate the type of body composition you're living in. And everything can always shift. You are not going to live in the same body composition for all of your life there will be hormonal changes. Um, There will be like life changes. There will be times when you can really emphasize and nudge up your training. There might be times where you dial it down, but embracing that fluidity, like you'll never live in the body that you lived in yesterday, but actually you have got power today to make sure that you are future-proofing your body for tomorrow. So again, just stop looking back. I think so often people are trying to inhabit previous body compositions that they lived in and, you know, go backwards um, into those bodies when actually we're not really fully embracing the bodies we live in today. And we can't go backwards, not not one of us can go backwards. So it is really starting to get happy with the body you're living in now, accepting the body you're living in now. Doesn't mean you can't impact and affect meaningful change, but there has to be a level of acceptance and almost this kind of harking back or kind of clinging on to previous bodies that you've lived in and wanting to get back into those. It's just keeping you stuck. It's stopping you moving forward. So you kind of have to practice letting that go as well. And I'm not saying it's easy, and I am saying it's a journey, and it's something that is so worthwhile doing. So we're going to talk a bit more about nutrition. And for you guys working with me, this is not going to come as a surprise. But as a reminder, we are working with an abundance mindset. So what happens when we think about dieting is we instantly feel restricted. We instantly feel hungry. And we probably start craving food that we probably wouldn't have even thought about if we hadn't started dieting. And I think the big thing is like sugar. People feel like they're addicted to sugar. The likelihood is sugar is something that you feel is bad, is naughty, is a treat, is something that you should restrict. Is maybe the thing that's stopping you living in this body that you feel like um, you would like to be living in. So we restrict it. And then what happens is we start dishing up plates of food that are smaller than usual. We start thinking about how we can eat less. Um, We start to feel quite deprived. And on like a subconscious level, I think when we kind of really do go into dieting and restriction, on one level, it's kind of telling us that we're not really enough and that we need to change. And the way to change is to kind of go through this quite kind of punishing regime of giving ourselves less. So I like to turn it on its head and instead get you to focus on abundance. I want you to think about what you need more of. I want you to shift your focus because when you just think about what you need less of or what you need to cut out of your diet you're just going to want it all the more and there's a great study if you have been around you'll have heard about me talk about it before but there was a milkshake study and uh, two groups of participants were given exactly the same milkshake one were told that it was a diet milkshake and the others were told that it was a rich luxurious um, milkshake they then measured the hung hormone in the blood of the two groups of participants and not surprisingly, the ones that were told they were on a diet milkshake were much hungrier and the ones that were told that they were on a luxury milkshake, they had much lower levels of this hunger hormone in their blood. And I know from experience, like personally and from working with women, when we tell ourselves we're on a diet and that we're eating less, and there's not very many calories in this, we do instantly feel hungry and deprived. So I just want us to park that and I want us to instead embrace abundance Be really wary as well about your language with food. And I do always pick it up when you guys are checking in with me. But if it's like bad food versus good food, or, you know, I had like something quite naughty, I want you to start kind of challenging that language because actually the words you use really matter. And having this dichotomous thinking around food being black and white or good or bad or healthy versus unhealthy It's not going to be helping you. I want you to stop attaching any moral judgment to food and stop using those terms. Food is just food. The only food that you really need to be avoiding is food that causes you like a physical reaction because you're allergic to it. Otherwise, it's just about taste and preference. And of course, some foods are more valuable to the body and they've got like loads more vitamins and minerals and fiber and all the good stuff and of course we want to love ourselves really deeply so of course we're going to have an emphasis on those foods but kind of calling the other foods kind of bad unhealthy naughty is actually just going to make you want them all the more so I want you to practice not only body neutrality but food neutrality too and stop attaching kind of moral judgments to food Because if anything, it's it's working against you. It might be that once or twice it works quite well in nudging you in the kind of more health seeking direction. But ultimately, it's going to put these foods on a pedestal and make you want them all the more. So the plate method is what I much prefer the clients I'm working with to do. So again, if you're listening to this and working with me already, you'll know this, but it's a refresher. So rather than thinking about using my fitness pal or calorie counting, what I'd much prefer that we do is something called the plate method. So I want you to get your bowl of food and I want you to fill it up half of your plate with non-starchy carbohydrates. I want you to think about rainbows. In your tummy, you have a whole community of bacterias that are looking after you, that basically are creating your barrier in your gut between kind of you um, getting an infection or not getting an infection. So we want the community in your gut to be thriving. But each of these little gut bacterias like to eat something different. So we're gonna uh, fill up your plate half of it with the non-starchy carbohydrates, but we're going to be thinking about rainbows because it might be that one little bacteria quite likes broccoli, the other one likes carrot, one likes peas. So it's these kind of... um very delicious, fibrous foods that are going to go down and feed the bacteria in our gut. So whether it's a bowl, whether it's a plate, think about your rainbow first, make it vibrant, make it colorful. Each color will mean something different is in that food. So not just, you know, spinach leaves. Why not go for the mixed bag of leaves? Because again, if you can ever see the word mixed, so whether it's mixed beans, mixed leaves, mixed seeds, the more variety you can get for your gut, the happier your gut's going to be. The next thing is thinking about protein. I could do a whole lecture and I will do a webinar really soon just on protein. But I want you to be thinking about hitting this kind of 20 to 30 grams of protein. If you're working with me, go to the members area, go to nutrition and watch the the how to videos on protein um, before I come back in with a protein separate little webinar. But making sure that a quarter of your plate is a high quality protein. It could be plant based. It could be animal based but really trying to make sure that you're meeting these protein thresholds. So definitely kind of upper end, so ideally about 30 grams. Thinking about starchy carbs, so a quarter of your plate will be a starchy carb. So. Sometimes that might be a slice of King's Mill, like 50-50, because that's what's in the house, because we're not attaching moral judgment to food. Sometimes it might be a crumpet. Sometimes it might be whole grain rice. Sometimes it might be, I love brown rice spaghetti. Sometimes it might be that. But you need to get the balance of your plate right. Carbs are not the devil. Do you enjoy eating carbs? Probably yes. Make sure they exist on your plate. They're going to be giving you energy. It's often not that... Um, the carbs are kind of interfering with you moving into this more kind of lean metabolic body. It's just that you've got the balance wrong. Maybe you um, have quite a sedentary job. Maybe you don't move very much. However, you know, then sitting down to a really kind of carb laden plate of food, it's not going to be serving you particularly well. So it's just getting carbs in in their rightful place on your plate and ideally selecting kind of those whole foods, but it can be anything. And I really am an advocate of you thinking about what you fancy, asking yourself that question and then making sure that it exists on your plate because you can include everything. There there was a, a fantastic bit of feedback from someone who's currently on the Reset Um, who said they were looking through to find out what foods they wouldn't be able to eat. And, you know, pleasantly surprised there isn't any food that you can't eat. So no one's going to struggle to find a carb that they would quite like to put on their plate. And it might be that it's like some mixed beans. So it can be anything, but thinking about Yeah. Which carbohydrate you fancy and what um, you can put in that quarter of your plate. Next is the fat. So it's a drizzle or sprinkle. So fat is flavor. Fat is what's going to hopefully keep you feeling satiated and full as well as the protein, because it is harder for your body to break down um, the fats and the protein. So they are they are the two kind of macronutrients that are going to help keep you full. But thinking about it just being a drizzle or um, a sprinkle. So maybe it's a sprinkle of feta. Maybe it's a sprinkle of seeds. Remembering that things like your nut butters and your seeds, they're going to come under fat. They're not going to come under protein. Um, And then lastly, this is like the ultimate crowning, like the uh, big token of love. I want you to dish up, look at your plate and think about how you could elevate this plate of food. This is like a real kind of subconscious message that you're worth it, that you are worth thinking about how you could make this plate of food better. And it reminds you that you are, you know, creating this as a a token of love And maybe it's like grabbing some, I love in this plate of food, you can see like a bit of pickled ginger. Maybe it's grabbing some fresh herbs. Maybe it's cutting a lemon in half. So you've got a squeeze of something fresh. Maybe it's some dried chilies like it can be anything. The great thing about using the plate method, it really shouldn't matter what you've got like in the cupboard or in the fridge you should be able to pull a plate of food together within about three minutes. So it might be that you have a pouch of lentils. It might be, and you just take out two or three tablespoons to um, you know, create your starchy carb. You've got a bag of mixed leaves, perfect, boom. You've got a tin of mackerel. So you've got some nice protein coming in there. Um, You've got like a lemon and you cut it in half. So the whole thing could be pulled together even when you literally have nothing in the fridge or freezer. Um, and again, frozen veggies can be really good. So if you don't have a bag of fresh um, leaves, maybe you do have some frozen sweet corn, some frozen peas, perfect. So stop trying to be perfect, but start thinking. Like when you're looking at your plate, have I got my half of non-starchy? Have I got my quarter of starchy carbs? Have I got my quarter of protein? Where's my drizzle? Where's my chisel? And start thinking in this way and it will transform the way you eat. And when you do transform your way of eating and start thinking about more, your plates of food become more satisfying, they become more delicious, I feel like they fill you up on a physiological and emotional level, because you've actually done the work of checking in, like, what do I fancy, what do I need, how can I make it better, and it will be more satiating, it will be more satisfying, and you'll probably find that you just don't need to go back into the cupboard like 10 minutes later because you will feel satisfied on a a completely different level. I do also practice something called closing eating windows. So if you have had like your delicious bowl of food, it's been lovely. Maybe you do want like a bit of a Greek yogurt afterwards or some berries or whatever it is. But once you've had your meal to close your eating window and having a bit of a ritual. So I have my delicious lunch. I think about abundance. I think about the plate method. And then I have like a cup of tea or a cup of herbal tea to kind of close that window. It's really normal for people to want to have something sweet after a meal. And again, from the idea of kind of blunting your blood sugar response, it's quite nice to contain it within your eating window. So to have it with your meal and then decide that you've stopped have your cup of tea, and then wait for hunger, because it will make your next meal so much more delicious. And then you eat again. And then again, you can have that practice of symbolizing that actually you're closing these eating windows, you're not going to be grazing all day and randomly spiking your blood sugars, which again, is going to be causing kind of inflammation in your body, you're going to have satisfying meals, close that eating window, and then reopen it. The common problems that most people I am working with, so this might still relate to you if you've been here a while, hopefully you're you're journeying and working your way through these things, but nighttime snacking is a big thing. And quite frequently you need to go back to the beginning of your day. Are you nighttime snacking because you didn't have any protein at breakfast? So you sugar crash around mid morning. Uh, Then you just grab something for lunch but you don't really think about it because you haven't really got time you're working. And then like before you know it, it's kind of like dinner time and you just eat what the kids eat. You don't really think about yourself. It's not surprising that on both an emotional and physiological level, you're gonna be needing to nighttime snack. So if you notice that you've got these behaviors that you're not massively a fan of and you'd like to uh, minimize, I want you to go back to the beginning of your day. How can you improve? How can you think with an abundance mindset at breakfast? How can you be making sure that you've got these regular hits of protein to stabilize your blood sugars? Are you kind of giving yourself that message that you are being emotionally kind of nourished? Are you thinking about how you can add that chisel to your meals? Because I think sometimes people try and knock nighttime snacking on the head, but actually what they need to do is think back to breakfast and think back to are they kind of looking for that mid afternoon hit of uh, high protein snack as well again, just to kind of keep everything in balance. Otherwise, of course, you get to the end of the day and it feels like a treat because you haven't treated yourself all day long. So go back to the beginning of your day. People that I work with are terrible for this. So people pleasing, not putting your own needs first. So kind of, you know, just eating in line with everybody else's dietary requirements, but never really thinking about what you fancy. So again, if I am coaching you, I am here to remind you that you need to put yourself first. Um, And actually you're not serving anyone by sort of putting your needs last. And the type of eating or pattern of eating that I'm trying to encourage you to embrace, it would benefit the whole family. So, all of us probably have too many processed foods in our diet. All of us could do with more vegetables. All of us could do with some high quality proteins. And I do think when people start working with me, there is this kind of halo effect that everybody in the household starts eating better. But put yourself first. This isn't fatty, it's not restrictive. This is a very balanced, health seeking way to be eating. So, actually, you know. Dishing foods up, giving children the choice, but putting it out on the the table so they get to choose how they're experimenting. But again, this is not kind of uh, a diet that shouldn't include the whole of the family. Everybody should probably be shifting towards eating more in line with the plate method. Emotional eating is such a big topic. Again, it could be and probably will be a whole other webinar in itself. But I want you um, to, if you're working with me, go to your member space and start working through those journaling activities. It's completely normal. It's really super common, but it can't be eating can't be the only way that you've got to be um, emotionally regulating. You're going to need some other strategies. But that is gone into in much more detail in the podcast and the PDFs and the journaling tasks. So but I would leave you on this. If you are somebody who does have quite a poor body image, or um, would describe themselves an emotional eater, the last thing you need is another diet. And actually, you need to kind of reverse engineer this and you need to take the time and it is much more tricky, like it would be much simpler for you just to adopt somebody else's Um, meal plans and maybe go on some really excessive exercise and diet regime with loads of restrictions, loads of rules. But the problem is it's actually going to be leading you to having a poorer body image and um, a more uh, destroyed and broken relationship with food and not having this intuition about how your body likes to be fed. So instead of doing that, I encourage you to go on the journey of finding this very personalized pattern of being and living that just makes you feel like you're thriving in all areas of your life. So sort of deciding to park this idea of being skinny or sort of seeking to live in the smallest body possible, and instead get much more interested in the type of lifestyle that you want to live, that and how that impacts on your energy, your mood, your relationships. How really putting yourself at the centre and approaching this change of wanting to be more health seeking with love and wanting to look after yourself better, it's going to transform your uh, relationship with food. It's going to transform your relationship with your body and. is going to have this amazing ripple effect on every single area of your life if you are watching this and you're not already working with me I um, do group training programs I also offer one-to-one training and I'm super chatty surprisingly Um, so do reach out and I would be very happy to either jump on a call with you or um, do send me a message but I think so far I've hopefully recorded this I've hopefully streamed it live And um, yes, if it's worked well and you guys enjoy it, let me know and I'll be popping back for another webinar soon. So I think I maybe possibly have stopped recording or not quite yet, but I will.